Ken Shamrock. This is... Ken, this is Gary and Chris with The Shoot Radio. We are live. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing great, Chris. Are you doing good? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us, Ken. I know. Oh, no problem, Chris. Thanks for having me. We're, we're so thrilled to talk to you. And, I mean, there's so many different directions that, that we can go. I want to start off, though. About an hour ago, you were tweeting uh, something about uh, Tito Ortiz being deleted from history. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, just if you watched how... The uh, the UFC has has, has um, literally treated their superstars, um, guys that not not I'm talking about the guys that have basically had an opportunity to to carry an organization uh, and do big big fights and to produce the company a lot of money. Yeah, uh, it seems like the bigger of a of an impact that you would have on an organization, this organization particularly the more they want to get rid of you when your time is up. It's almost like they, they're they afraid of you. They're afraid that you might be getting too big or, or bigger than the organization or, or you know, or to, to pinpoint it directly, um, bigger than Dana White. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's sad, but unfortunately, I think if you look at it, you look at the track record, the problems that Dana White has had are with the guys that had the big personalities that were carrying the organization. As soon as their time was up, Dana pushed them out. Um, if you look at the way that the uh, UFC is molded right now, it's like they wanted to wear uniforms and they wanted to act a certain way. They don't want anybody else to have the big personality. They wanted to all just fall in line and do what they say. Mm-hmm. But the biggest personality that you have in the UFC right now, the guy that yells at reporters, or goes off at weigh-ins, or whatever the case may be, is Dana White. Yeah, he's not even a fighter. He's not even a fighter. You think he kind of wants? Uh, I I don't know. Like I'm I'm trying to like figure out. Does this guy like? Does he wish he was a fighter? Or like what? What's his deal? Like when you worked with him, was he was he tough to work with? Or when I first met Dana, um, he was humble. Um, he was a guy that I thought I could trust. Uh, he came across as a good person. Um, and, you know, something, you know, obviously it changed very quickly. Uh, I think the thing that, that, uh, that, that kind of really sticks out the most to me is, is that it's like, it's, it's, it's like he, he's not a fighter, but he wants to make sure that it's, well, let me put it in this terms. It's like the kid. In, when he when he's in in high school, the one that has the glasses and is just in, and doesn't have a lot of friends, and then when he graduates from college, he maybe he's a police officer or he's a lawyer or whatever his position may be, and then he takes it out on all those guys that were like those guys who were the guys in high school that were the popular guys. They start taking out their aggression against those kind of people. Um, and I think that's Dana White. Was Dana White uh, tried to be a boxer? Uh, obviously, uh, we, as we know, didn't do uh, very well at all. Uh, never made any any wave at all in boxing. Um, obviously, uh, got involved with an organization where he's around guys that are legitimately tough guys. These guys are legitimately some of the toughest guys in the world. And Dana White feels empowered by being able to talk back to these guys, talk down to them, disrespect them, and then people to say, well, uh, you know, uh, Dana White, you know, he's a tough guy. 
uh, very few people, but some people look at it because of the way he talks. Mm -hmm. They even talk about how he would get in the ring and beat Tito. And I'm just like thinking to myself, who are these people? Who are these people? <laughs> this guy couldn't make it in boxing at a low level. You talking about getting in there and fighting a world-class fighter who has proved himself over and over and over again to be at one time, pound for pound, the toughest guy in the world? Yeah, that's a tall oh. order right there. Yeah. Go ahead, well, Chris. Yeah, well, follow up on that. Um, now, we, you know, some of us, you know, are from the little bit of the older generation that remember, you know, how UFC used to be and to how it is now. Do you think a lot of that, what you just said, uh, would be, I don't want to say maybe success has gone to his head, but I mean, UFC is a large product now. Do you think maybe his attitude would have to be, you know, related to the success that the UFC has had? Well, I mean, we all go through it. I've, I've been through it. You know, Tito's gone through it. And everybody kind of goes through that moment where they, they, they made it and, mm -hmm. and they pop an attitude. Uh, but the ones that realize it are the ones that listen to the people around them that they know love them, like either a mother or a father or a wife or kids, right. where they say that you've changed or like you need to stop or you're getting to this point. Uh, where it was the case for me, where I had people around me who loved me, who were telling me, you're, you know, you're changing. And I, I, I listened to them. Right. And I changed myself mm -hmm. because it is a hard spot to be in when you start being successful and everybody around you is telling you how great you are. That's a tough spot to be in. And uh, I think everybody, um, has to go through that. But the ones that usually are, 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 are successful at pulling themselves through to the ones that usually listen to people around them that they love. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think we've all seen it play out in the media. Uh, Daniel White is throwing those people under the bus, saying that they're crazy, they're jealous um, of my success. Uh, we've watched it play out in the media with Dana on how the people around him that love him uh, have tried to talk to him, and he won't listen to him. Um, so... I believe that everybody has that issue. I don't think that it's anything hidden. I think we all have uh, that built into us. So if you say, uh, you know, do you think he was that way before? you think it was the uh, the success that he had? I think we all have it in us. I think but, but, but a lot of us understand that we have it and that it needs to be tamed. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by that transition to anybody that rises to fame, like what, you know, like you're talking about what you saw and Dana saw. How long does it take you to have that self-awareness uh, to say, hey, look, I'm, I'm becoming somebody that's gaining a lot of notoriety. And how long is that process to adjust yourself to live with that and to cope with it and to figure out how to become the best person you can be as you're rising to fame? How do you do that? Well, it's hard because uh, it takes everybody's different. Everybody has a different, um, uh, you know. I guess, uh, a level of, of pain that they got to go through before they realize what it is they're doing. Uh, a lot of people, maybe they have people around them that see it sooner than others, um, are able to sit down and, and be able to t talk to their loved one about how they're changing. Yeah. For me, I was very fortunate that I had those people around me and that they were able to uh, talk to me when I was going through those issues and, and, uh, and I was able to look in the mirror and realize that it, I was becoming a person I didn't want to be. And I was able to change that through help, uh, from my, from my loved ones. And, um, you know, but every, like I said, everybody's different. Some, sure. I, I've seen some mm -hmm. people 
who have gotten to that level and had that power who uh, um, act the opposite, that become uh, more introvert, that they don't talk to anybody. They, they hoard everything and they, they don't spend a dime and that they, they don't go out to restaurants, they don't interact with fans. They almost go to the other side of it where they become almost like untouchable. Yeah. And uh, that's also bad. You don't want to go there either, you know, But uh, because then you become lonely. Everybody around you that loves you don't know you anymore because you, you've gone in, into hiding. Right. So, and, go ahead. No, I, I, excuse me. And to that point, I, I want to add this because, you know, a lot of the uh, wrestlers of today, we can kind of transition into this a little bit too, a lot of these wrestlers, like the bigger name wrestlers, you know, they have their own buses. Uh, there's always been reports that they're not really uh, interacting so much with their colleagues and things of that nature. You know, how much do you think that impacts, you know, when they kind of isolate themselves to this bus by themselves that, you know, they they get to the next town, they get off the bus, they figure out what they got to do. They get back on the bus and they wait till they got to go and do business. Then they go out and they do their business and they're back on the bus. How much of that has an impact when they isolate themselves like that? Well, it, first of all, when you talk about a group like that, it has a huge impact on trusting each other. Yeah. Uh, you have to work with these guys um, day in and day out, and you've got to trust them. And, and, and it's hard to trust somebody you don't know. Uh, you know they're professional. You know they're doing the job, you know, because they're so serious about their job. But at the same time, you're also wondering, you know, who they are. Are, are you know, are they still grounded? Are they still level-headed? Uh, are they Are they getting to a point to where... You know, they will take big risks uh, in order to get themselves over and risks at your own safety. So, yeah, you know, there's, like I said, there's, 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 a, there's, there's it's a tough, tough thing because you've got to find that, that happy zone, that happy middle where, where you're good with the coworkers, you're good with the people you work with, you're good with the fans, you know, you're good with money, you're good with media. Right. There's a lot of stuff to juggle around. And um, I think that uh, it's a tough thing to, to do that. But uh, like I said, I think that, you know, uh, for me, and the, the thing that was most successful for me uh, was the people around me, the ones who loved me, and they would they would give me a place. But you know, again, like I said, I have I I I have another level I can go to. You know, I, I'm a very strong uh, Christian brother. I, I love God, uh, and and so for me, I have those people around me who will ground me, right. who will talk to me and tell me, hey, you're becoming this person. And at the same time, I also have a higher power, which I can reach into and, and talk with and, and, and help me do these different situations along with the people around me that love me. So, I, I, like I said, I was very fortunate to have those, those things around me. So, and like I said, I'm not perfect. If anybody looks at my past, man, I, I've got a checkered past. Um, I struggled in a lot of different situations, but but I, but I think that, that um, because I've done those things, uh, I'm also now uh, a lot stronger person for that. Yeah. Um, I, I know, I know uh, uh, what to expect from other people who are going down that same path, and I have a huge opportunity to be able to minister to them or be able to, to talk to them and tell them hey, what's ahead and how to deal with it. So... I don't hoard that information to myself either. I mean, I, I went through it. So anybody that that uh, wants to know how to deal with any of those situations, I'm very happy to be able to bless them with that information. I mean, I was blessed to get it myself. Yeah, definitely. 
it I guess it, you know it all it all just comes down to this the people you know like you're saying the people around you the support system you have and that's that's got to be ultimately one one of the strongest weapons a person can have. That's it really great. is too because you're in a you're basically in a war zone and you've got constantly things being thrown at you good and bad and you're going 100 miles a, a, an hour and sometimes you don't see the bad things coming at you and you can't deflect them and knock them off because you don't know they're bad until they get there, until you're already in it. And uh, so it's nice to be able to have security knowing that you have something to turn to and people that you know you can trust in. Yeah, uh, definitely. And you talked about earlier working with Dana White. I want to transition a little bit. Let's talk about working with uh, Vince McMahon. I, I want to know how that how that time went for you and, and just give me your initial impressions on how that went working with Vince and working in the WWE. Well, I didn't have any issues with Vince. You know, we, we had our, our times where we had discussed different things and, you know, some things I didn't like and some things I did, but I mean, that's with any job that you get, uh, you know, but, uh, I, I always thought that, uh, I could always talk to Vince, uh, you know, he may not have liked a lot of things. I may have not liked things, but we could. I felt like we could always at least talk, and sure. um, mm -hmm. and and I could get an honest answer out of him, whether I liked it or not. Uh, but with Dana, that was the opposite. I didn't feel like like I could talk to him, even when I was talking to him. It was almost like I wasn't talking to him. It was just like he was just listening, but he wasn't listening. You know, it, yeah. it was like I could talk to him all day long and he didn't hear what I said. Um, that's kind of how I felt with Dana. Like it didn't matter uh, what I said or how I said it. He wasn't listening. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, that's, especially since I felt like, um, I sacrificed quite a bit to get in the ring with Tito. I was Certainly. 36 or 38 years old, somewhere around there. Uh, tremendous uh, amount of injuries that I was, was trying to get healed up. And I, I, I waited, um, and uh, I fought him anyways. And then uh, next time I was, I think, 40 or 40, yeah, 40 years old. And then 41 when I fought him. And the whole idea of me fighting him was, was that, you know, it, basically, I mean, that was it. I mean, it, it was it was on me and him to pull the organization out of the gutter or it wouldn't be around anymore. I know they, they sit here and tell you that that's just not the truth. But I think anybody can look at the ratings and, and, and show where they were before Ken Shamrock and after Ken Shamrock. And I think that it's pretty clear uh, the reasons why they kept the doors open wasn't because Fertitta went to bed one night, slept on it, woke up, and decided to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I believe that he went to sleep, slept on it after me and Tito had our fight, woke up the next morning and looked at the ratings that we drew and then decided to keep going with the organization. <laughs> That's how it was. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, um, I was going to say, um, there, there's been, uh, I know we had, we had transitioned from, you know, going from MMA to the, the wrestling stuff. And I know that some guys have been back and forth. Uh, I want to know what you think about, uh, Brock Lesnar. Because he was a guy that went, he, you know, he did the, the the amateur wrestling, went to WWE, went to UFC, was successful there, and then went back to the WWE currently. Yeah, uh, you know, personally, my opinion, I think um, I thought Brock Lesnar had a huge upside. Thought he had a tremendous uh, ability to be probably one of the greatest MMA fighters ever. 
And, uh, you know, he goes in there because he was big, he was strong, he had good wrestling, mm-hmm. but he had two left feet when it came to his stand-up. He couldn't strike with a with lick. Um, on the ground, he didn't know any submissions at all. And goes in there and fights guys that were 15 and 2 or 20 and 1. Um, and he was like 1 and 0 or, or, or 2 and 0 or, or his debut. Right. Whatever it was, but he was fighting guys that had a tremendous amount of experience. And when you talk about being a an elite level fighter, which I believe Brock Lesnar was pushed into that role, and he managed it very well. Don't get me wrong; the ability had was tremendous. Yeah. But the pressure that comes with that, if you're not ready for it, and I don't believe he was. Uh, it can really mentally screw you up and it can mentally take away the desire for you to want to continue to fight. And I think it was a tremendous amount of stress on him to perform because he was so big and because he was, he came in and he did well in his first fight and, and no one was looking at his record. They were looking at his size and his stature and his ability. And, but yet he was still going in there against guys that were, had, had already earned that right to be in the world title fight, twenty and one or ten and zero or, yeah. or whatever it was, but they they were they already had a tremendous background, whereas Brock did not have that, and I believe that eventually it broke him. It broke him uh, from wanting to compete in MMA, and it was a shame because, like I said, I think, uh, in my opinion, I think uh, Brock could have been one of the greatest ever uh, in the sport. Yeah, I mean, and I think for the time he was there, I think he covered some some good ground. And I want to get your opinion on this, and I don't know how much you follow the current WWE product, but when Brock Lesnar came back in 2012, I thought WWE missed a big opportunity because they didn't really draw a whole lot of attention to him coming from UFC. And I think that, you know, had he come back and they said, here's this, this unstoppable ultimate fighter, or whatever the verbiage you want to use, and they really, I think they left a lot of money on the table there. And I contrast that to when you came in. It's like, here's this this uh, this ultimate fighting guy and, you know, Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, and all the verbiage they used. I don't know if you were following when, when Lesnar came back to WWE or not, but what's your take on them kind of not really utilizing that UFC uh, background to help promote, you know, what they wanted to do with Brock Lesnar? Well, I could, I could easily tell you what happened. Hunter, Hunter happened. Hunter Hearst Helmsley happened. Triple H. I mean, you go in there, you take a guy with his stature, with his tremendous ability, uh, the limited uh, experience he had in the, in the MMA world, and yet he went in and still beat a lot of world title guys. Right. Uh, he goes in, and Hunter has a match with him and knocks him out with one punch. I mean, uh, well, you know, I think it's pretty clear what happened. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of ego involved with guys running the organization. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just wanted to kind of get your take on it because I, I just think that you know, I think they have this kind of this bias against UFC. They don't want a UFC guy to come in and look tougher than Triple H or really anybody else they have there. I Man, I think that's why they had John Cena beat him in his first match. And I thought that the match that those two had was a pretty decent match, but the fact that he had Lesnar come back and go right to Cena right away and then lose to him, I thought very much damaged him. Then you transition with Hunter, and yeah, he got a win or two against Hunter, but still, let's be realistic here. 
Uh, he has been very damaged. I mean, they just gave him the streak here most recently, which hopefully they can, you know, build back some credibility with him. But I thought they left a lot of money on the table. And I think it's just this UFC. They don't want to, they don't want an ultimate fighter looking tougher than a pro wrestler. I think that's what it comes down to. Well, it's a shame too, because I, I and I, I don't know who's pulling the strings and I, I wouldn't think it would be Vince. Maybe it is. Maybe he's changed his mindset. But the thing I noticed with Vince was Vince didn't care uh, when someone came in, uh, it was about ratings. It didn't matter what the organization looked like because he could always, somewhere down the line, get the organization to look good from an angle. But to come in there and actually uh, have him just, just, just destroy people uh, from the MMA world, mm-hmm. uh, at least I think that Vince, his mind thought is, is yeah, what? I mean, come on. I mean, I control this guy. I can have him come in here and just crush 20 guys in a row, build up for a big pay-per-view match, and then have John Cena or The Rock or, or The Undertaker or somebody come in and then have this big, big payday and have him beat Brock Lesnar, and now you're back on top again. So yeah. <laughs> it, does, it didn't make sense for you to tuck your ego away for a little while and build this guy so that it, it was that. To where people are like controversy back and forth about MMA and pro well, MMA's kicking ass right now and they're beating people up and man they're just tough guys and uh, who cares because you have control of the the final storyline you have the the absolute you have the pencil in your hand so you can write the ending to this story however you want right you have full control oh, over yeah. it sorry Chris go ahead man. <laughs> that's okay well you'd mentioned that uh, when, whenever you were working you know Vince's mindset was ratings. Um, what was, I guess my question is the overall locker room mentality, because you were a big part of the Attitude Era. And, you know, there was a lot of competition. You know, it was, well, I guess it was WCW. ECW. And what, yeah, and ECW. I mean, what was, I, I, obviously, you know, it's apples and oranges comparison, you know, but was the mindset, you know, to be, you know, like, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. Like, was the locker room more aggressive? I guess as far as going after ratings and having these better storylines and things like that. Well, I, for me, the locker room was you know, competitive. Uh, I mean, everybody. But when I say competitive, I mean like competitive on putting on the best match. Right. Um, you know, there was there were a lot of guys wanted to wanted to wanted to do. That's what their whole goal was. I think. I think now. Uh, there's just a lot of clamor. Um, it's not the rugged, you know, tough guy image. It's just like glamour. How good do I look? You know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's it really it's becoming plastic. Um, yeah, I think Brock Lesnar uh, really adds an edge to it because mm-hmm. he he got that ruggedness and that edge. Uh, but again, like I said, when you got a guy like. Triple H, who was running the company, basically, yeah. uh, goes in and knocks him out with one punch, even though he put him over not too long ago. But, I mean, how do you re- how do you recover from that when you get a guy who hits you and knocks you out with one punch? <laughs> uh, and and he's, he doesn't have even that kind of a personality. Well, when, when Brock Lesnar broke his arm, I mean, he, he Triple H wasn't even selling it outside of the WWE world. I mean, he went to a Floyd Mayweather fight without even the arm sling. He wasn't trying to protect, you know, the business or anything like that. I just thought it was completely disrespectful. 
Well, it's, you know, like I said, I think that, uh, it, I, I, and I honestly believe this, and I'm not saying it to try and hurt anybody, but it's more or less trying to protect the business. But I really look at it as you've got, you've got, if, if Hunter's in there running this, which I, I think he's pulling some shots, there's a guy who has oh, yeah. a huge ego. He has a huge ego. I, I know him. And he would much, he has a hard time with, with, uh, putting anybody over. And let alone uh, outside the business when uh, someone like a Brock Lesnar would have to hurt him, uh, you know, his ego won't let him walk around in a sling. You know, I mean, he wants people to know it's entertainment. Unless he's the one doing it, then, yeah. you know, he wants you to walk around on a leg cast. You know, I mean, this, this, is, this is what I see the problem is, is I, and I've been pretty critical about this. I think it's you've got somebody in that position that's got a bigger, too big of an ego to run a company like that. Now, and I think that's completely fair. But you look now, you know, five, ten years down the road, Vince steps aside and, and you know, Triple H, Stephanie take over. In your opinion, being around them and knowing them, uh, is this company going to be in good hands or not? I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. What's your take on that? Well, I I would say, I mean, you've got my opinion on it. I I. And unless you know something happens, you know in the in the in the, in the foreseen future, I I don't see anything changing. I think Hunter Hunter goes to extreme lengths to to look good. I mean to be big and and cut, and to make sure that he's on the cover of Muscle Magazine, and to make sure that he's in fitness things. And I mean he is the guy that is putting himself in the forefront. Uh, and, and for anybody to run a company like like the WWE, you can't be that guy. You cannot be that guy. You've got too much talent out there for you to to put yourself in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh Go yeah, ahead, Chris. Uh, definitely. Um, now, you, yeah, we talked a little bit about Triple H and stuff, and there was an article I read. Uh, it was about a week ago. Uh, someone, someone you might know uh, very well. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, Shane McMahon, where he, you know, has completely stepped away from the business, kind of doing his own thing. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, like, oh, man, Shane McMahon, he was going to take over, you know, they're thinking he was going to take over the company. Um, and you worked with Shane, uh, Ken. Yes. Yeah. What did you think now, about him? Yeah, yeah what did you think I about liked, Shane? I, I like Shane. I thought he had a high energy level. Um, I thought that uh, his mindset was in the right direction because – he would be the first guy to take a hundred bumps for somebody, uh, and not worry about how he looked as long as the other guy looked good. Um, he had the right mindset, uh, to run something like that because his ego wasn't the kind of guy that wanted to go out there and knock out somebody like Brock Lesnar. Uh, he would want to go out and hit Brock with a chair or, or jump him or whatever and then turn around and have Brock crush him. Um, so, uh, you know, that's what Vince was. I mean, you look at Vince. Vince was always that guy that was in control, but everybody was always dissing him. He was always running. And he, when he did get in the ring, uh, you know, he, he took bumps and he, he put people over. And uh, he was always that guy, you know, that was either they hated him or they loved him. But either way, the other guy got the best of him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, shifting gears a little bit here, uh, CM Punk, a guy who walked away from WWE, not not very happy. 
uh, with the company's direction. That's that's kind of one of the rumored reasons. Another one is that his body is just, you know, beat down. Uh, there's been so many of these, you know, just random rumors of him maybe wanting to do MMA. Dana White has said many times he doesn't think that's going to be the case. But if he were to, to jump in that arena, do you think he would be successful at that? That's like rolling the dice, you know. I don't know him that well. Um, and even if he had taken some MMA classes, uh, MMA is, is is not something that you just jump into. I mean, it's years of experience that you have to have under your belt. You've got to have amateur fights. Uh, you got to build up to it. So it's, it's, like I said, I think he's in a in real bad spot if he thinks he can just walk in there because he... He has a name for himself. The fact is, it'll be extra harder for him because people will expect more from him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, Ken, we do appreciate your time. I just got one or two more. Are you good for that? Absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Chael Sonnen's a guy a lot of people talk about would be successful uh, in WWE or they think he would be. You know, he's a great talker and things of that nature. Uh, if he were to ever join WWE, in your opinion, who do you think he could make the most money with facing? Uh, wow. Um, I think that he would probably do pretty good against Brock. Um, I think somebody probably like uh, maybe even Hunter. Um, you know, because uh, they both, I think, I think that, of course, you know, then Hunter would knock him out with one punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's uh, a lot of different personalities that, that he could go in with because he has that gift to be able to grab the mouthpiece and be able to either get people that hate him or love him. Yeah. Yeah, another another uh, fighter who has expressed interest in, in possibly doing WWE. She's uh, been quoted many times saying that it's be something she would be open to. Ronda Rousey had said that she would be looking to do something as, as soon as WrestleMania 31, possibly. What kind of impact do you think she can have uh, coming over to WWE? I mean, huge. I mean, you're you're talking about a girl who has really changed MMA. I mean, really for women. She, and she's changed it on a, on a whole, just for men and women on, on how we view women in MMA. And, uh, I think she'd be tremendous going into the world of wrestling because she'd be the first woman to really cross over and have any impact on that. If you look at the women in, in the WWF, uh, they all look like they should be in MMA. Um, they're in shape, they're stocky and, uh, they're aggressive. They're, uh, they're very, uh, mobile and flexible. And I think Ronda Rousey would fit right in with them women. I really do. I think she'd be tremendous. And I think those women could teach her a whole lot about the psychology of wrestling. But I think that just like I did when I went into pro wrestling, I think that she can really um, change the level of the actual competition uh, with the women in pro wrestling, the moves that she could teach those girls and the, and the level of uh, submissions that the girls would actually be uh, coming out with. I mean, if you look, when I first went into the WWF at the time, uh, there was really no submissions, a few here and there, but now you look at it after me, and it's everywhere. I mean, they're all over the place, and I think that she could be that impact for the women in WWE. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I think that if, if they were to find the right opponent for her, assuming that it's, you know, just a straight-up one-on-one 
I mean, this thing could do huge, like, uh, you know, what is it, Mayweather and Big Show. I mean, they did big numbers. And I'm not saying Ronda Rousey's on the level of Floyd Mayweather, but I think they could do some big, I mean, it could be some big numbers. Oh, it's not a shadow of a doubt. I mean, and, and the way that uh, WWE's going right now, I mean, she can only help it because it's it's going in a situation where everybody's so worried about how how their hair looks and whether they're tan enough and, and cut enough and if they got the right uh, trunks on and, you know, if their their sequels are, are dashy enough. I think that she can really add an edge to even being in the women's uh, part of it. She can really bring that edge uh, to the women's wrestling out. Very cool. Uh, final question to you. Uh, would you ever be open to any kind of uh, pro wrestling run again? Is that something you're interested in? Well, I've, I've, I've said it all along uh, that it was something I'd be interested in. Uh, but again, um, just as, you know, I, this doesn't really surprise me, but it's almost like uh, uh, they treat it like um, I'm desperate and that I need this. And it's, it's a shame, too, because I've expressed that interest just like a lot of other people have expressed it when they wanted to come back and they were, they were well received, but I'm, I'm more received as an outsider. And, uh, and they basically, the comments towards me are disrespectful. And so, uh, yeah, absolutely. I would be, uh, willing to make another run at it. But the, the, this is where the problem lies is that I just don't believe, um, that they're ready for that. And, uh, like I said before, uh, you know, let's just put all the crap aside. Uh, you put me in against anybody that you have, anybody in the wrestling world, and give me one match with them. And if I win, I stay. If I lose, I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I, I would like to see it personally as a fan. Uh-huh. Chris, I know you'd like to see it. Uh, right, because we, yeah, we grew up in the Attitude Era. Remember Ken Shamrock? Of course. We remember it finally. Yeah. So, uh, Ken, uh, tell people where they can find you. You know, your website, your Twitter. Let's get everybody to everything you got. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm on all the time. Like I just mentioned about me being on there uh, on Twitter, and I've, I'm on there quite a bit. I'm always talking about matches, and I mean, I've got all kinds of conversations. So uh, jump on there, man. I'm on there, uh, you know, pretty much all, all 24-7. So uh, it's at Shamrock Ken. Uh, that's my Twitter, Shamrock Ken. And then my Facebook is Ken and Kanye Shamrock. Uh, so, but uh, like I said, I'm always on my Twitter and I'm always uh, talking with fans and stuff. I uh, really enjoy that. So uh, come join the club and uh, let's, uh, let's chat. Very cool. Ken, it's been an honor and a privilege. Let's do this again sometime. We'll catch up. Well, I appreciate it, man. And uh, listen, uh, uh, I just want to be know to uh, have a blessed uh, day and that uh, Godspeed. And uh, take care, and I appreciate all the support over the years. Very good. Thank you, Ken. Have a good night, man. Thanks, Ken. All right. Take care. See ya.